Welcome to Tax and Super Australia's podcast, Tax Wrap, where we share developments, news and insights for all tax practitioners and SMSF professionals. If you like what you hear, please rate us on iTunes and share. We'd love to hear back from you, so send questions and comments, even suggestions for guest speakers, to podcast at taxandsuperaustralia.com.au. Hello listeners, welcome to the Tax Wrap Podcast, episode 180. I'm your host Steve Burnham and um, here today to talk about um, residency rules. Um, in particular, the Board of Taxation uh, review into residency rules because, as we all know, um, determining whether you're a resident or not or a non-resident for tax purposes can be difficult. Um, so uh, when the Board of Taxation announced that they were going to review the tax residency rules, I think a lot of people uh, had a sigh of relief, thinking, you know, finally. And uh, we duly got up and sent off our own submission, Tax and Super Australia. Um, the uh, our senior tax specialist, uh, Michael McCarthy, was pivotal in uh, in uh, drawing up a, a submission, which was drawn on um, the opinions and views of our members, of course, who are also, of course, registered tax agents and more. Uh, our members have been voicing concerns for an extended period about the difficulties of correctly applying what can be extremely complex tax legislation in regard to tax residency. Now, the board's consultation guide has 33 discussion questions, but rather than address each single question, we've broadly commented on select issues based on our understanding of, uh, of stakeholder concerns. <clears throat> it's a bit, of a bit of a concern. I mean, even just recently, there was a case, uh, Harding versus Federal Commission of Taxation, which was in June this year, um, where the judge, in his summary, uh, said that, uh, as is often the case in matters of this nature, the facts aren't in dispute, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, uh, perhaps except for the subjective intention of the, the um, taxpayer concerning issues relevant to his residency or place of abode. And then the judge went on to say, and I'll quote this time, there is no straightforward answer to the construction of the domicile test. He says, although I have reached a conclusion, as I must, it can be accepted that reasonable persons may differ as to the correct interpretation. So look, even a judge is saying, look, I'm going to make this uh, decision and write that down, but I must mention that a reasonable person can come to another conclusion. So that's the sort of situation that we're dealing with. So the Board of Taxation's review into residency tests is about time. So the Board did recommend to replace the current rules with improved and simplified residency tests, which we support, of course. Um, one suggestion that we did have was that, uh, as we already have, a 183-day test uh, included in, say, the subsection 6, brackets 1 of ITAA 36, it could be arguably sufficient to provide the simplicity and certainty being sought on its own for taxpayers who, say, meet a de minimis threshold and the situation doesn't warrant complexity, uh, complying with the usual place of abode being outside of Australia rule. Currently, the ATO has an online tool to assist taxpayers to determine residency status. Um, but look, our members have found that when using this tool for their clients, um, including people who don't necessarily have quite complicated tax affairs, that the, the online decision tool can result in being unable to determine residency status based on the information provided. And this just highlights again that the set of factors that the ATO uses to determine residency are unable to provide a concise result. I mean, in some cases, when using the online tool, it's, it is considered that a reasonably arguable position could be taken either way based on the current ATO guidance and case law available. 
to obtain certainty in these situations would then require applying a private binding ruling. Well, of course, you know, then you, that results in obtaining ATO interpretation of the factors to be considered. And but then to pursue a reasonable differing view would then require a costly and time-consuming process of objecting, and if unsuccessful, determining whether to continue on appealing or requesting a review of the decision, all through the appropriate channels. So taxpayers, our clients, in this situation deserve more certainty from the tax system from the outset regarding residency. Now, there's currently before the Senate a bill, Treasury Laws Amendment, Reducing Pressure on Housing Affordability Measures Number 2 bill, which includes <coughs> removing the entitlement to capital gains tax main residence exemption for foreign residents. Now, therefore, the future administering of this law, if passed, will be dependent on a taxpayer's residency status. Now, while uncertainty continues to exist in this regard, this result in ongoing complexities of administration of this other law. So simplified uh, individual residency test rules would assist in, you know, of course, much more efficient administering of the current and proposed future tax laws, like the one I just mentioned. Look, members of Tax and Super Australia have found that when tax laws apply a de minimis rule or thresholds as to when a particular rule applies, uh, that is, say, for those where the income in question exceeds a certain dollar threshold, that this can assist in simplifying the administrative administration of tax laws, um, in particularly in situations that don't, just don't want complexity. So look, it may be that such de minimis rules or thresholds could be introduced where the current complexities don't pose any significant risk on government revenue. Um, for example, IT 2650, Income Tax Permanent Place of Abode Outside Australia, provides guidance for determining whether individuals who leave Australia temporarily to live overseas cease to be Australian residents for income tax purposes during their overseas stay. A paragraph in that IT says, as a broad rule of thumb, a period of two years or more would generally be regarded by the ATO as a substantial period for the purposes of a taxpayer's stay in another country. The IT goes on to say, however, it must be stressed that the duration of the taxpayer's actual or intended stay out of Australia is not of itself conclusive and needs to be considered with all of the factors. Now, when referring to those factors, the IT states that it is not possible, underline not, underline possible, to provide conclusive rules for determining the residency status of individuals leaving Australia temporarily. Uh, it, it goes on to say the weight will be given to each factor, will vary with, with individual circumstances and so on. So not having conclusive rules provides uncertainty, it makes it complex and leaves it open to subjective interpretations. Now while the ruling indicates that it is not possible to provide conclusive rules, bright line tests such as recommended by the Board of Taxation would make it possible to have conclusive rules, which would assist to provide certainty, etc. Now, the two-year rule of thumb, mentioned in, as I said, uh, IT 2650, could become a bright line, acceptable time frame for a taxpayer to be regarded as a non-resident if certain threshold requirements are met, i.e., you know, that is a de minimis rule for taxpayers whose situations aren't complex. A case in point is another bill uh, that actually just passed the, that, that Base Rate Entities Act, which could be looked at as a guidance for any proposed law or guidance changes to the residency tests. In, in the Base Rate Entities instance, it was decided to remove the carrying on a business test and instead introduce a bright line passive income test. Fine, uh, when looking at the ATO guidance on whether a business was being carried on, uh, for instance, uh, taxation ruling 97 slash 11, 
this indicates that this is dependent on the number of factors with no one factor being decisive in its own right with the weighting given to each factor dependent on you know case by case although this ruling relates to primary production businesses it does indicate the factors to take into account are no different in principle from the indicators as to whether activities in any other area constitute the carrying on of a business now legislation provides the definition of the activities that may be included in a business however it doesn't determine that such activities amount to the carrying on of a business so with the base rate entity act it was determined that instead of a carrying on a business test because that's just so uncertain that a bright line test would better serve our tax system. While we're talking about the base rate entity act in a discussion about the residency or non-residency rules, well, it's because there are similarities in the proposed carrying on a business test that was not followed through for that law, and two key ATO rulings for the guidance on residency. The two key rulings are TR 98-17 and IT 2650, which I've just mentioned. Now, like the... um, the earlier one to do base rate entities, TR 97 slash double one, the two residency guidances also list various factors that need to be taken into account. But they depend on individual circumstances and, and turn a lot uh, to case law, which can be extremely difficult, especially for guidance on residency, where different weightings are given, different factors, etc. As with the decision-making when passing the base rate entities plan, removing the subjective carrying on a business test, uh, it may be that bright line test for determining residency status can also provide a more concise method for taxpayers to obtain certainty regarding their residency status. Now, Tax and Super Australia didn't wish to comment on the subsequent effect of narrowing the eligibility to Section 23AG of ITA 36 um, has had since amendments in, to that uh, in 2009. Um, Based on the Board of Taxation's report from August 2017, page 58, if you've got it, um, that report indicated that the Board considers that this previous exemption provided practical certainty. The Board didn't recommend reversing the 2009 amendment, uh, but our members have found that wholesale tax changes can sometimes result in further complexities down the track, rather than achieving the result simplifying previous of simplifying previous rules. Just as a thought, it could be that while the residency rules we currently have in place require more certainty and simplification, of course, could it be that some tweaking to the rules may achieve the desired result rather than wholesale changes? Some suggestions, uh, perhaps reinstate Section 23AG in its original format prior to 2009, and another tweaking of uh, another subsection, um, subsection 6 brackets 1 brackets II of ITA 36, which currently includes a reference to a taxpayer who has actually been in Australia during more than one half of the year of income, to retain this, therefore. Uh, however, modify the reference to usual place of abode to amend this, to allow for thresholds uh, with a reasonable income threshold level that may warrant additional complexity to apply to the tax affairs, so that above that threshold, the usual place of abode reference could continue, uh, but other, below that threshold, it would not. Um, just wish to touch touch on a factor the Board of Taxation uh, indicated a more prescriptive weighting procedure could be legislated where an individual could require a certain number of points to uh, be regarded as either a resident or non-resident, um, particularly as the Board of Taxation has indicated that there, there is merit in further considering this. Uh, suggestions in this regard include, um, uh, well, you could look at uh, IT 2650, 
residency, permanent place of abode outside Australia, I think I mentioned just before. Um, there were six factors that need to be taken into account. So could a weighting number or percentage be given to each factor? Where if a taxpayer's individual circumstances result in a weighting number over, say, percentage, 50%, whatever, it is more likely and reasonably arguable and accepted by the ATO that a taxpayer's residency status has been reasonably determined by this kind of bright line test. Again, these tests and thresholds could apply for taxpayers where their situation doesn't warrant applying the more complex residency rules that currently apply. But ideally, the ATO online decision tool could then provide a certain result for taxpayers considered to have non-complex affairs that meet a certain threshold test. You could say it's similar to the way that the tax rules have been introduced in the past, distinguishing between, between small business entities and larger entities, and simplified tax rules and concessions available where certain thresholds are met. Now, just to let you know, some member feedback has been received and uh, that while tax agents may feel they can comfortably provide, provide the required advice on tax residency, the public, on the other hand, that those on the receiving end of the advice, find it a tad hard to comprehend. Like when you're working overseas and you're considered a resident of, tax, uh, of Australia for tax purposes and having to pay on income on tax not derived in Australia. Look, the feedback is that there is some ignorance in the community on the issue and the, com the community broadly, is confused as they grapple with the current residency tax rules. One member raised the point uh, that on the 2018 individual tax return, item 20, foreign source income and foreign assets or property, there was a question, during the year, did you own or have an interest in assets located outside Australia, which had a total value of $50,000 or more? Now, the point was raised why this question was asked. If this is a figure to assist the ATO in identifying audit risk, could this figure be used as a, another bright line test for taxpayers when determining their residency status? I just thought I'd yeah, share that, that we have been uh, making statements to the powers that be on your behalf and residency. Gladly the Board of Taxation is looking at that. Hopefully the uh, Treasury and ATO will take their recommendations on board, but um, I just thought I'd fill you in on what our two cents is. Um, I hope you didn't mind that. Thanks for being with us. Please tune in again next time.